So the wildest thing that ever happened in my agency, we had a client that our CSR was following up with him to try and get his payment. And all of a sudden we got this call from a very combative woman who called into the agency and she's like, I want to know who the woman is who's been calling my husband. (laughs) And so we're like, yeah, you know, she's a customer service representative. You know, she's calling to help him pay his insurance. And she's like, yeah, yeah, right. You know, I know that he's, uh, she's the one who's been seeing my husband behind my back. So we're just like, what is going on? So she's like, yeah, I'm so-and-so's wife. And he didn't have a, he wasn't listed as married, didn't have a wife on the policy. So she's trying to ask all these questions about policy and this and that. And we're like, we really can't tell you anything, you know, without his permission. So then she wants to be on the policy. She's like, yeah, just put me on there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to call him and, uh, you know, get his say so. And she was just, it was so wild. So I call him and I'm like, Hey, you know, we've got, uh, you know, this woman and, you know, she's claiming that she's your wife and, uh, she wants to be on the insurance and I ran it. It's actually less expensive to have her on there than for her to not be on there. Do you want to add her on there? And he gets all serious. He goes, don't put her on there. No matter what. What? <laughs> what? I was like, what is the story behind this? Like, what is going on? It was great. But anyway, um, my name is Garrett Wagner with Farmers Insurance Garrett Wagner Agency in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm an insurance dude. Vegas, baby. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Kretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. We took our notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies led Craig and I to selling more than $10 million in premium in the last two years. On this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the same results. Just go to live.teledudes.com. Dot com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. If you jump on this call with us, we're certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there. Boom! Vegas, Boom. baby. Vegas. <laughs> Vegas, baby. <laughs> so you don't know what the situation was? That's so funny. There was a very similar encounter with them a little bit down the road, and we never really got like the full picture of what was going on, but it was just so wild. I couldn't believe it. It's that is crazy. <laughs> So this is totally derailing the insurance conversation, but I got a direct message on Facebook and somebody said something about the insurance agency. Do you you have a Jason Feldman insurance agency? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you've been, he's all, what did he say? Something about, have you been talking to my husband? Oh, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I haven't. And then he's like, yeah, you have. And he's like, yeah, there was all these emails and all this stuff. So I, I figured out that he was uh, one of our agents quoted him, but it's always our stuff that's all over this stuff. Right, right. He had a whole story and his husband was gone and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm married to a woman. And uh, <laughs> like, so it's it's a real stretch. He was aggressive. He was well, aggressive. Do you want to buy the quote or not? Okay. Yeah. 
I feel like there's a bunch of jokes that could be dropped in there with that. He was he was angry, and I was like, dude, I no offense, but like you know, I don't even care if he signs up. Like I have nothing to do with this. I have agents, and he's like, no, that's it. Like I thought the guy was gonna come after me. Yeah. And that's why I say insurance, it's like everybody has insurance. So it's this little slice of the entire society. And there's some wild people out there, you know, and you're going to get those for sure. (laughs) It's sort of like the cops, like the cops pull somebody over. I mean, they don't know what's going to happen, right? Right. We call it, we call it internet lead. We're getting the same people the cops are pulling over. Some slice of that spectrum. It's very interesting. Oh, my gosh. That's why that first question, what's the wildest thing that ever happened to your agency? It's like there's so much good stuff out there because we we see all kinds of all kinds of crazy. Somebody had a, somebody walking naked and like there's just there's all kinds of stuff. But right here on the front lines. Somebody bit <laughs> yeah, it, wanted to front. beat up the donut guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean – that's what we should do is put together a coffee table book of all the stories of the wildest stories. Should yeah. it be the coffee talk coffee table book? <laughs> yeah. I would oh, love to yeah. resurrect coffee I love talk. the coffee talk. Coffee, coffee talk. talk. Coffee, coffee talk. talk. It's coffee talk. We've got to bring that back. <laughs> so you've been around a while in, that you've listened to even the coffee talks. Tell, oh, yeah. tell us how you got into this crazy business, the insurance business. I stole Jason's question just because well, okay. you know, when I was six years old, my parents asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be an insurance agent. No, it, there you that's go. Like a, that's my story. <laughs> it's like everyone ever. Right. So you're Jeremy Olson. <laughs> right. Uh, no. So I was actually, believe it or not, I was an actor in Los Angeles Ooh, and wow. I had done a couple small speaking parts on TV series and I kind of thought after that, everything was just going to take off and take care of itself. But it was like after I did a couple jobs, I had trouble getting work. And so with that, it's like you're kind of just waiting for your agent to get you work. So I got kind of tired of that. And I was like, let me see if I can find a way to generate my own work. So I started to get into sales through that. And I started studying Grant Cardone, who's just a, a great sales mind. Uh, so I consumed every – this. what I do when I get into something, I get really obsessed <laughs> So just like how I've gone back and listened to like every podcast you guys have done, I went and listened to every podcast he ever did. I got on his online training university and I was just working, you know, 18 hour days studying, consuming everything I could. Got involved with a company that helps actors be able to pitch themselves and use sales ideas to be able to market yourself so you don't have to rely on an agent. So through that, I started, you know, cold calling casting directors and major TV studios, major talent agencies. Also started working for that company, both as a sales coach, helping other actors, and then also cold calling to try and get people to sign up for coaching packages with them. And then I also kind of was doing my own stuff, like cold calling people, trying to get them to buy my coaching stuff. So through that, I just really fell in love with sales and the whole sales process. And it got to the point, I mean, between, I mean, entertainment industry is just brutal. Like when people reject you, they're rejecting you. And it's, it's brutal. So between that and then at the time being a single guy on West side, Los Angeles, I became completely immune to all forms of rejection. So I met my now wife and, you know, looking at settling down with her, I wanted to find something that was a little bit more stable. So I started applying to a lot of sales jobs and had some stuff lined up in LA at the time. And then the whole pandemic happened. 
And so a lot of those businesses closed, a lot of those opportunities dried up. And we had already kind of talked about moving outside of LA, finding a place that was close enough that I could still come back and do some acting work on the side. So I applied to Farmers Insurance in Las Vegas to be a telemarketer. And I got did the remote Zoom, got hired there, started working on my license. So I went there, moved to Las Vegas two weeks later after I got the job, started telemarketing while I was studying for the exam, getting quotes and passing them on to the agent. And then got my license and started selling and just took off from there and then pushed my way to be like one of the top salespeople in the district. And then through that, as we started to hire people, that agency owner had another business that he ran. So then I started to be the head of sales where I would hire people, train them, coach them on how to sell. And then through that, Farmers has like a, a program that you can you know, basically train to start your own agency. So then I did that. And uh, we just opened February 20th. So we're a little over six months in. Nice. That is awesome. I love How that about, story. So, Very unique. So, uh, yeah. It is. <laughs> first wild. actor. First yeah. actor. First actor. I like that. <laughs> so it's only been a, a short bit here, six months. What was the first win? Like, what was the first big one where you're like, hell yeah, I want to do this. Screw the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Our first week that we were open, we actually signed a massive commercial account that just happened to call our agency. It's about $50,000 in premium between two policies. So, but I, I just fell in love with the whole process. Like that was the, over the course of it. Like I started to enjoy selling and that piece of it more than even like doing the acting. And so it was like, I just, I fell in love with that whole process to where when I started selling insurance, I just, I loved it. I just enjoyed everything about the process. So now getting to have an agency and and train other people on how to do that, coach them through the process is really cool. I really, really enjoy it. That is I, cool. You know what? Now that you talk about the acting, I do remember you from Iron Man. You're the main <laughs> character, right? Yes, that was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because I went back to school in my 30s. Right before I came to the company... I'm with now that I can't say the name because I'm not allowed to, but I went back to school and I originally went for a design. I, I really liked graphic design and that's what I did early on in my teens and twenties. And then I realized, you know what? I wasn't that great at business back in the day. I need to figure out this whole thing. So then I went for business and then I started kind of falling in love with the sales. And then when I came out and decided to go into insurance, I continued that the sales process is just so Interesting. And I mm -hmm. think the reason why I switched majors in school was because what's the one thing that's like holding you back? And usually it's business and sales. Mm -hmm. Usually it's it's knowing more about that. And it's like, if you can really get a grasp on sales, nothing can ever hold you back. It doesn't matter what company you're with or what career you're with. Sales is the lifeblood of whatever you're going to do in business. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, Daniel Pink has a great book called To Sell as Human. And it's basically about how everybody is a salesperson. And yes. one way or another, they did studies and showed that everybody spends at least, I think, 30, it's like at least a third of their time trying to convince someone of something, right? Yeah. Their idea or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's so underrated. And nobody wants to do it. Right. But if you can do it, I think it's fascinating. I think it's a yeah. lot of fun. 
Like it's a really fun challenge because I was an athlete year round from the time I was a kid up through high school. And it gives you that same thrill of just like, yes, it's a challenge when you win. It's amazing. I got a little basketball hoop in my office that I'll dunk the ball on if I sell something, but it's just a, it's just a lot of fun. It really it, is. Yeah. yeah. It's a game. It's so much fun. So I'd love to know, like, how is your, so coming from that sales background, how have you set up your team and your agency in their roles? Yeah. So we've got now seven people. We've got three personal lines producers. Two of them also do life. We have a commercial lines only producer, hybrid CSR slash sales, CSR, and then an onboarding person. So I try to set it up where everybody's specialized. Because I just think if you're sprinting, the more that you can just be going in that one direction and not have to worry about anything else, I think it really helps. So that's why we've got it set up. And the biggest thing like that drew me to you guys was when I would hear you guys talk about trying to make it so that the licensed producers don't have to do that initial outbound call so that they don't have to be sitting there where nobody's picking up the phone. And so what the biggest thing is like just putting them in a position where they have a lot of activity where they're constantly talking to people. And because I knew like when I was a producer, especially toward the end, it was like, I didn't want to make that initial call. And I would just sit there and it's just like, you're just like, I'll follow up with the course, but I'm like, I don't want to call and, you know, have some dude, you know, cuss me out. And it's like, if I can give me, give me like a little warmer opportunity and then I can do my thing. So I think I experienced that firsthand. And when I heard you guys talking about that, that really resonated with me. And I had also seen that with my people here. Cause when we first opened, I had them calling the leads and I yeah. just noticed the burnout and the fact that by the time you get somebody on the phone, you're just almost so burnt out from that. So when I heard you guys talking about that, I'm like, that just makes so much sense. Yeah. I think what a lot of folks don't understand and especially isn't taught in any of the insurance universities is the notion of, or the difference between sales and prospecting, right? Like there's sales and everybody talks about the sales and, and how to do the sales and this and that, which I think all that can be learned, right? But right. the process behind and putting the right people in to the whole situation of the prospecting, that's integral to the whole thing, right? And prospecting, I guess, is the equivalent of the marketing, right? Getting people in right. so that we can then get to that first step of the sales process is critical, right? Like if you don't have traffic, then who cares how good you are at selling? No, 100%. The example I always give is, let's say I'm going up against Jason and he's the best salesperson in the world and I'm the worst salesperson in the world. And we're both going to go door to door and sell vacuum cleaners. If he can only go to a neighborhood that has 10 houses in it and I can go to 10,000 different houses, I'm going to sell more vacuum cleaners. You're going to win doesn't matter. every time. You, you have to have your pipeline full no matter how good you are. And yeah. if your pipeline is full, you actually, in some cases, it's not even a matter of skill. If you can talk to enough people, people are just yep. going to, hey, hey, let me buy that from you. And you're just going to have stuff fall into your right. lap. So that's yeah. The, yeah, 100%. The sales is one compartment of the overall pipeline, right? And so it's good to optimize that. It's good to get better at the sales, but you're only moving the needle a little bit, right? Because right. we first have to get here and just get the traffic in the door. I yeah. Know, so I love how you are trying to specialize each individual person in your agency. I think that's a huge insight. For some reason, we, it, it seems so logical and but like, let's say McDonald's, right? Everybody has to be specialized in, in that flow. Mm. But when we get behind our agencies, a lot of agencies, just everybody does everything. And it's like, well, then how are you gauging everything? For me, I'm ADHD. So I, I can't 
think like that. There's too much stuff. So I, I love how, how you have that. It's uh, super cool. Super cool to. Well, no, I mean, you guys are a huge part of that. And that was my whole thing is if I can just put these, I know my producers are good. If I can just put them in a position where all they're doing is quoting and presenting all day, they're going to make sales. And if they have to make that initial outbound call, they're going to avoid that. Right. So now, I mean, since we've been with Teledudes, we got two telemarketers now and it's like the phone's just ringing off the hook. It's just blowing up between transfers and callbacks. They're just quoting all the time. And going through the numbers, I'm like, if I can get them to do eight to 10 presentations a day between new transfers, callbacks, follow up on quotes. And we had a conversation last week and I'm like, you guys have to realize you don't need to sell every single person. Nine out of 10 people can tell you no, and you're doing great. Because I think that's something not a lot of people get because you can get so attached to, oh, the price came out high on this one. And it's just kind of like, who cares? Just, okay, that's one of the nine that's going to say no. Focus all your, because this is what I used to do, just focus all your energy and attention on the people that you feel like you have the best chance of closing. And if you do that, you're going to lay out this roadmap to your goals of how much premium you want to sell. And that, okay, got a good rapport with this guy. I'm going to end up closing that and putting that into that. And then stuff is also just going to come out of nowhere. Somebody's going to call you back that you completely gave up on. Hey, by the way, I was wrong about what I pay. I want to buy that policy from you, you know, and just, but you just have to focus on the piece that you can control, which is the activity. And like Craig said, we're going to keep getting better. So we train every single day, but at the same time, we got to just focus on those variables. And I feel like it's been a big psychological shift for my people. And I would imagine it is for any salesperson. It's just, you got to realize you don't have to sell every single person. No, but I think like what you understand is you understand going back to your analogy, 10 people in my neighborhood and you were 10,000 you're going to sell more. Now, if I was in that neighborhood with only 10 people, I'm going to do everything I can to hold on to each one of those people. So it's like a different mindset based on the environment that you create. So you've created an environment where your guys have so much opportunity and they have the ability to do that. I think, and you, so you, you definitely come from this like abundance mindset where I think a lot of agents get stuck into this. I don't want to spend so much money and they are constantly trying to optimize their sales process. But the real issue isn't necessarily the sales process, just the volume. It's just how many people their sales people are seeing. And the only way to do that is to get the salespeople off of the front lines of these leads and put them in a position where they have like a virtual line out the door. Yeah. No. And that's where like what you guys do was just mind blowing to me. And I'm honestly grateful to be doing this with you guys, to be working with you guys. I mean, it's just, it's been a game changer for my people. It's been a game changer for our agency, you know, for our family, for my family, everything. It's like, it's just, it's incredible. It really is. So I love hearing that. Thank you. Thank you guys for, for <laughs> thank doing you, that. man. You know, nice. yeah. <laughs> we did not pay Garrett to say that. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, but that's, that's the fuel that gets us going, right? Is like just doing this for so long now and having the feedback from people and even a couple haters, it's like it helps us keep going. And we know that, that people are getting results. It's taken the handcuffs off. Like I felt, and we had this conversation before we started, but like, man, when I first bought the agency, I couldn't sell any policies. It was 15 policies max a month that we got to. And I bought the agency for like 750,000. And I remember thinking, dude, I am screwed. Like I can't sell anything. Like I I don't want to do this for 10 years on the loan and just to make, to make less than I was making before. It just doesn't make any sense. So 
it's almost like the reason why this part of really fires me up is because dude, the, like when I started being able to scale and sell like that, it takes the handcuffs off. You don't feel screwed. You know, yeah, 100%. I was saying this before we started. It's like, I think you have to do that. If you're not growing, where is it going to go? I mean, and right. it's a harsh reality. It's a harsh reality, but you, you have to grow. Right. And going back to what you were saying about investing, like I was talking about Grant Cardone, who was like my sales mentor. He, he always used to say, he goes, I would go broke to get known. Like I would literally invest every single last dollar that I had to get known. And I think the equivalent of that in being an insurance agent, you know, with a larger company is not so much getting known, but just being able to to prospect and market and have new business, yep. you know, and you guys have created tools that allow you to be able to, to forecast that and see what the lifetime value of that's going to be and, and which has been really helpful. But I've just always had that mindset just because that's what I was taught. It's like, you have to just grow do everything you possibly can to grow. And if you do grow, you know, it's going to lead to good things. I mean, you guys have helped me iron out the numbers, but I wasn't even that good with the numbers when I started. I mean, it was just like drinking out of a fire hose, but I just yep. knew I can't retract. I'm either retracting or I'm expanding. And I right, just knew right. based on my past experience, if I can expand, good stuff's going to happen. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and the numbers are so much noise with numbers too. Like you don't know which ones you need to look at, which ones you, the vast majority of the people that we're peers with are looking at the wrong numbers, you know, like how much are you paying for lead? How much? You, it's like, <laughs> I don't care how much the lead is. Right. We were talked about that in the coaching call. Right. Today. It's right. like, I'll pay a hundred dollars the lead if I have a hundred percent closing. Right. Or right. even a 50% closing, but that's not going to happen. We're not going to get that high of a closing, no matter how good our salespeople get, right? It's just, that's just not going to happen in our environment. Maybe mm. indie, who knows? But yeah, it's just interesting, like to fit through the noise. So you talked about having seven people, which is awesome. And, and man, that is awesome to do in such a short period of time. Tell us how you're recruiting and how you're creating the culture in your agency. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing is just trying to look at because being a producer and then being a supervisor and kind of going through that program, like I was able to look around and see what other people were doing. And I did a lot of research through, you know, some of the podcasts and stuff that you guys were on and was trying to look at what people were doing that wasn't working and look at what people were doing that was. And I think the biggest thing for me is just making sure that it's an environment where people feel good about what they're doing. So really having an emphasis on value. Because if you just sell on price, like A, I don't think you're going to sell as much as you could if you focused on value. And B, I don't really think you're going to feel that good about it. It's going to be very volatile. And so by us really focusing on value, having a coverage conversation with people, being an advisor, taking a consultative approach. And we even like to say, like, if you leave the conversation with us and you have a better understanding of what you're covered for and what you're not, and you don't buy from us, I'll feel great. But I, you know, I just think that probably has been the biggest thing that's helped me, you know, and I, I also just kind of have a sense of people. I think when I meet with them, if they can do the job or not, uh, I know that seems kind of like an intangible thing, but I'll just kind of sense. And I haven't really been, luckily I haven't really been wrong. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I even believe in them more than they believe in themselves, but mm -hmm. I can see it. I just, I know what those, I know that every conversation they're going to have, and I'm able to kind of see that and, and help them through that. So I just use Indeed, you know, I did use a hiring service one time um, and got a great producer off of that, but mostly just Indeed and just putting out there in my ad, what we're really all about and kind of how we're doing things differently, differentiating us from the way that, that other owners are doing things. Cause that was kind of my whole approach. I love that. Cool. 
So That's how about awesome. you, you, you recruit them, you bring them on, you find mm-hmm. that X factor that you, you're able to sniff, which is a great ability. And, <laughs> and then uh, what do you do to, once you bring them on to ensure that they're successful? Yeah. So I train them in person. I've got a whiteboard in my office. So we do a lot of training there. Um, and then we also, I have an on-demand training service that they, we do 30 minutes every day. So we either do an in-person training or 30 minutes on there every single day. Cause I just think you have to have, it's really tough. Like selling insurance is really hard and you're going to get lied to and let down and you're going to get yelled at and get your teeth knocked in and disrespected and everything. So I think you have to have something that you can come back to as a constant reminder of why you're doing it. You know, it's not just to make sales. This isn't like, we're not selling timeshares where we're trying to convince somebody to buy something they don't need. We're, we're actually trying to help people and get them protected. So I think the training really helps bring it back to like why we're here. Because if I have a strong sense of purpose, then I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to take no for an answer. I love it. What's the number one tip that you would give for training your your team? For training? Yeah. I think don't leave things unattended for too long, especially at the beginning. Like I think I made the mistake of just being like, oh, you know what? This person like made a couple sales, so they're good. And then you don't really monitor them. You kind of might move on to a new person, but like bad habits build up really quick. And once they do, it's hard to break them. And somebody could just be doing something the wrong way, but just because they've done it so many times, they keep doing it. So I think just, uh, you know, listening in on those calls and addressing it right after it happened. Because if I'm like, hey, Jason, remember that conversation that you had with that prospect last week? You're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if I come, I'm literally listening to the call while you're on it. And then I come sit with you and I'm like, hey, so remember when he said this? You know, here's where, here's where you can pivot to because here's what was really going on. Right? Here was the yeah. unspoken objection. And just kind of like, I think spending time with them. Like, I think that was, that was a mistake that I made when we first opened is I kind of just let, well, these people know what they're doing. And some of them didn't. And I think right, I let yeah. it go too long. And now being with the people that I have now, I try to, so it's a balance. I mean, some of them kind of like to do their own thing and then they'll come to me if they have questions. So everybody's different, but I just don't want to ever, don't leave people hanging. Yeah. I asked the group of farmers agents that I was talking to at the event that I was at last week. I said, raise your hand. If you listen to your calls and coach your team, nobody raised their hand, nobody. And I said, okay, this is what I would invite all of you to do. Go listen to a call, listen to several calls, and I think you may be very surprised in what you hear coming out of your sales agent's mouths because I did it and they knew that they're being recorded. They knew that I listened to calls and it's still stuff came out that you're like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, and that's where it's that ongoing consistent training. It has to happen every single day because as soon as it doesn't, their mind reverts to doing what's easy, right? Do it the easy way, order take. Right, you right. got to do it the easy way because they'll, they'll let the client or the prospect control the conversation because that's easier. And they're just going to, they just want an order, right? They just want, hey, give me the price. I don't care about any of this shit. Give me the price, right? And uh, it's pretty cool. So anybody that's listening to this, if you aren't listening to your calls, I challenge you to pull one and uh, see, you may be surprised. <laughs> hey, what are you still doing here? Well, while you're still here, and while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. Yeah, if you weren't listening before, we took notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies did help Craig and I 
right over 10 million in premium in the last couple years. And let me tell you, on this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the very same results. Again, that's live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. And if you jump on with us, we are certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there.